You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. Welcome. We're live again. Mike Crawford, Young Jerks. It's been a little while. Doing something a little different tonight, too, which is uh, kind of exciting and refreshing. No fear. We will get back to the cannabis issues that we've been covering, especially uh, True Levia, as one of our recent guests called it. We will definitely get back to that. Uh, got a bunch of follow-ups to do on that. But uh, I enjoyed my holiday. I just took a little quick break on everything that we're doing and uh, feel refreshed. And I'm coming back to do a show tonight with a journalist. Uh, he's a YouTuber. I, I say he's very popular. He kind of disputes that, but he's more popular than us. Let's put it that way. Uh, so that's my term of reference, but I've been watching him for years and uh, was in one of his Facebook groups. I believe it's his Facebook group, but I noticed he was there and I made a comment about, I would love to have him on the show. We started talking and uh, really excited to have him on. It's a topic that I'm interested in uh, music from the nineties. He covers grunge music quite a bit, uh, especially Courtney Love, Dave Grohl, and especially Nirvana. My big, like uh, my, my favorite I love Nirvana. I love uh, so much of that music, a Pearl Jam, uh, Soundgarden. And I have had some interactions over the years with uh, just Courtney Love in the music scene. I, I Obviously, I people that know me from long time, I booked a lot of music for a number of years. I have a lot of musician friends, some who were signed. Uh, and obviously, you know, many of them who were signed didn't make it big, but they had experiences and stories that they've shared over the years. And I have uh, maybe a few tonight, maybe, but uh, I really want to talk to this person because they've been doing this work and, and basically a music journalist uh, in this era. And specifically, I, I think that a lot of people still have questions about uh, Courtney Love and, uh, you know, Kurt Cobain and the de his death. And and he really gets into it and covers it all uh, on his YouTube channel. You've probably seen it before. It's American Spy Fox. And I'm going to bring him up right now. I'm really happy to have him. What's up? Should I call you American Spy? How are Fox you? Or Charlie? How you doing, brother? No, man. Just just call me Charlie or Charles. Charles. That's my dog it, over here, too. So my dog cool. sitting next to me is Charlie. So I love dogs, man. Yeah, me too. So uh, welcome to the show, Charlie, American Spy Fox. Uh, very happy. I, to I just want to clarify real quick. Uh, I'm not wearing sunglasses to look cool. I get migraines, especially when I'm staring at screens so that's a lot of times why i wear the sunglasses there <laughs> like, you go you know good good All good right. i mean I, i'm actually uh got the light in my eyes too and and i feel the same way i need the glasses but then i take them off it's 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 yeah. actually more difficult to host these types of things that people really recognize isn't it charlie yeah yeah it really is so you've been doing this for a while how long have you been uh doing the american spy fox now on youtube uh, okay. Well, do you want me to begin when I started writing about Cobain or when I began my channel? Your channel. Let's just talk about how you start okay. with your channel. Right on. So it was actually at the time I had a couple toddlers and of course, you know, kids growing up today, they want to watch YouTube. It's totally different than when we were growing up, right? They can watch whatever they want on command. And, um, so I, I just wanted to like impress my kids. So I played, I was playing video games and like commenting and, 
and then they would watch it on TV and they thought it was so cool. Like, oh, dad's on TV, you know, that's how it started. And then after a while, of course, we had the pandemic isolation. And I don't know, man, I just got a wild hair up my ass. And I was like, I want to see how many people out there are into this Cobain mystery. And it turned out there was a lot. That led and, not a, and not a lot of good coverage, like not consistent or like, that's what I like about what you're doing is that you, you know, even when you take breaks, you come back and you're doing different aspects of the life of Kurt Cobain. So like, even if you're not in on like, you know, what I think, which I think there's something going on here, but even if you're not, you're learning things about, if you like Nirvana, you're learning quite a bit about the music scene and these people and who they were. It's, it's really, yeah. I love what you do. Well, thanks, man. I, I, you, it could go a lot deeper. Um, actually, I just came across a story that I'd never heard about Cobain recently that well, I plan on making a video about it, but, um, everybody knows Cobain was a feminist and he stood up for, you know, women's rights and he went and he tried to, uh, help out female bands. You know, he would often say, I'm not going to play this show unless, you know, the breeders open for Nirvana, uh, stuff like that. But hardly anybody ever talks about other things that he did to try to expose people in the record industry who were just like perverts and creeps. And so I have a really interesting story uh, coming up on the Spy Fox channel. Awesome. And when, when do you think that might be out? About another week. I'm not, in case you haven't noticed, I'm not very good at I'm not, uh, what would you say? I'm, I'm always like, yeah, I'm going to have this done by this day. And then it's like two weeks later before it's done. Cause I have like so many other things going on too, you know, and being a dad and all that good stuff. Oh, I feel the same way. I, I feel yeah. like at this point, like on this stuff, as long as I just keep doing it, <laughs> that's all yeah. that matters. Yeah. Con like, consistency whether it's two weeks or a month, I'll get to it. Right. Hey man, I, I actually applaud what you do because you do it live and, uh, I edit. So nobody ever sees my mess ups, right? If you're going live all the time, you got to like be on cue all the time. It's not easy. Yeah, it's not. It's, uh, it's funny too. Cause I, I make a lot of screw ups and I know that, uh, if someone wanted to, they could make a nice clip on me, but it's just, you know, it is what it is. And, and. I, I like, uh, for me, I, I feel like it's the only way I could do it. Cause I could never edit. I could never spend the time editing and due to the fact, just even reviewing stuff. Like I can't imagine what you kind of go through. Like I, my girlfriend actually edits a podcast. She does a podcast. Yeah. And I, I know the time she spends, but she's really good at it and quick and gets it done. But, uh, I Is imagine it on this, on this channel, on your no, channel. No, no, no. She does her own she, music. Podcast, totally, totally different. Music what, yeah. What's it called? It's called Bay State Rock. It used to be a, uh, basically what it was, was a, a long time Boston based local music show on the radio, on rock radio every Sunday mm -hmm. night. You know, a lot of towns will have their local radio show on, you know, the rock radio station. So she was on doing that for like 20 years until the station got sold. So now it's a wow. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My local rock station um, was just sold as well. And then all the DJs, they just went to work one day and they said, Oh, we sold the station. And today's your last day. Like, yeah. thanks. Thanks a lot. Dicks. <laughs> you know? Yep. That, that happened uh, with her station right before COVID. 
it. Um, and it was so weird because we, we, you know, in Boston forever growing up, we had three main rock stations and we mm -hmm. saw within like, you know, a few years, all three of them gone, you know? So it's, it's like that for us and our friends, like times three, you know what I mean? It's like three groups of families. It's like, I knew all, I knew people in all three of those buildings. It's just so weird. Don't you find it strange that there's not, or maybe I'm just not paying attention. Um, so I, I coach various sports and of course I have children. One of them's now a teenager. So their music is starting to become a part of their life. And I noticed that all these kids listen to nineties rock music because it doesn't seem like there's very many rock bands, like newer bands that are coming out for them to listen to. Maybe there is, and I just haven't heard them, but I feel like there's like this resurgence of rock slowly creeping back in uh, to to mainstream or into culture, but um, there's no new bands coming out. You know what I mean? I feel oh, like people I do. Are I mean, look people at, are look, hungry yeah. for a new rock band. I mean, even look at the biggest tours, like you know, beyond you know, you, bands you that have been around forever. Yeah, I mean, Grateful Dead, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> right even Pearl Jam at this point. Like, I mean, you know, even, even, uh, the one, what's the, the woman's name, the, uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Even she's been around for a little you while. Know I mean, what? She's kind of newer. I saw but... her. I saw her live, uh, sing live at the rock and roll hall of fame. And she did not impress me. Like I thought she was going to be this amazing vocalist live. I don't know. Maybe she had a cold or something, you know, but everybody was just kind of like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Whatever. You have a good Boot. point on the uh, 90s and 80s, too. Like, even the, the metal bands, like the hair metal, had a big resurgence, and there's, like, nothing. I think it's a lot because, like you said, there are new bands out there, but none of us know who they are because it's so hard. There's so much shit on YouTube. Now they're competing with, you know, yeah. Joe Rogan. They're competing with your show. They're competing with, you know, Barack Obama. And whoever it is has a podcast. Dude, I heard bro. fucking just, Ricky Rocket. Uh, can you, can you, I'll, I'll try not to curse on you. It's program. okay. Yeah. Sorry okay. about that. Um, I heard my, my, my new co-host, I'm going to do this new, like weekly, uh, music news thing. And she's actually from Boston, actually. Um, she was telling me that Ricky rocket from poison has a freaking podcast on YouTube. You know, it's, it's tough to compete with celebrities. Yeah, and I, I think it's hard for the the younger generation or younger musicians to compete with that, and definitely, and especially if True. they don't have a record label behind them, like True. the old days, you know, mm -hmm. and rock radio. Like, there's no, you know, rock radio. What are they playing? Stairway to Heaven. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if they if they were getting edgy, they might play Rat Rock, you know, Round and Round. Like that's like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's really yeah. But Whoever thought that we would actually want record companies to come back? Because <laughs> now, now everybody just tries to make their money on SoundCloud or you know whatever YouTube, whatever. Um, and of course, there there are apps that record companies have figured out a way to get their hands on that money too. But um, you don't see like bands like signing record deals anymore. No. You know, they're just kind of like independent. I think one of the most popular rappers on YouTube right now is an, is an unsigned rapper. I'm sure. I'm sure they are. There's so it's you make more sense to be unsigned. Why would you even if you, if you if you yeah, that's a problem too is 
the record labels aren't going to be interested in anyone unless they have a billion views. And if you have a billion views, what do you need a record well, the label? Fun, it was it was the fun of it because then yeah. you could you, you you had the marketing behind you. So there was the merch. There was a record store that you would actually walk to and talk to other people while you're looking at records you know like all that's gone yeah it's so different now i'm sorry man i'm taking you down a different path <laughs> no 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 this is what i wanted to have you on you know i love talking about this stuff this is like uh what you know well what a lot of us talk about too i think people who are music fans or anyway in the you know even in the music industry in any way i've seen this happen over the years so Things yeah. have definitely changed. I Let's just, um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. You go ahead. I was just going to say, um, we had a really, uh, n there was a really nice record store called Hoffa's Records on uh, Ohio University campus. And it just closed a couple, it actually closed, I believe, during the pandemic. It's probably what shut it down for good. But I would still go there and buy t-shirts and cds and whatever you know just because i wanted to see that record store stay open and i felt like it was the last uh it was an oasis you know like the last bastion of record stores so i don't know it's i'm, I'm sad that my kids don't get to experience that you know yeah it's so different there's no newberry comics anymore that's where we used to all go yeah where i'm you know massachusetts and even the local stores too. Like I, I don't think there are any real. We in my town we had a uh, a, a V8, you know, uh, blockbuster. Not a blockbuster, but like a local. What do you call it? VHA. This, this guy was still VHS. Selling them yeah, renting them out. They just closed like six months ago, and people were like mourning them. He had turned into oh, wow. mostly selling candy, actually. But like it wow. was still, yeah, he was still renting movies and DVDs and Blu-ray discs and, yeah. Yeah, well, unfortunately, uh, there are good things with, you know, all the new innovative technology online. There are good things about it and there are bad things about it. So it's we'll funny because I the think future takes us. Yeah, they always talk about the technology will, uh, especially with like Facebook and the social media that will bring people closer together. You'll be able to connect with more people. It doesn't. It yeah, it seems like technology actually keeps us away from people more than anything. Like, like you talked about the record store thing. Like, that used to be a social thing where people would talk to each other, meet each other. And hang out. Yeah. I remember meeting a girlfriend at the record store when I was like 17 or something, you know? Every time I'd go on vacation with my parents, the first thing that we would do, like, when we go to Cape Cod, we'd go to hit the record store. Like, that, no matter, like, we, or if you're going to your friend's family event somewhere you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it, and you need you had a free hour to do something that's what i would always do it's like where's your record shop like you know that would be the excitement is to check out a new record shop yeah such a shame man it is now uh, we got a uh, few comments two people are talking about tower records they, they, uh, tower records was uh keith's go-to he's on youtube watching and he also said uh, i couldn't believe it when tower records closed he said it was very sad yeah what is that the is that the big record store out in california they're nationwide they made it to massachusetts i know they had a big tower records and and uh like near fenway park and that area newbury street in boston so nice. I know they made it out here. Um, 
He also notes that bands and musicians would go sign autographs at record stores too. That's another thing. I, I, you know, how many bands I saw for free at these places, like Tower yeah. Records, actually, and yeah. like r- r- radio people I would hang out with, like I'd meet my radio, you know, friends that I would listen to, and so many times at the record stores. That's where you'd meet people. That's a good comment, Keith. Thank you. He said Thank yes, you. California. So he's he uh, said yeah, they were from California, I guess. I did. I did not even know that they closed. What? Who's the other record store? You always see YouTube videos of uh, famous rock stars, and they go and in, into the record store. It's it's called like what's in your bag or something like that. You know, there what I'm were talking a few about? of them. There were two, like you said, Tower Records. There was another one, HMV. I remember them. There was Strawberries. Oh, yeah. That was a big local one in Massachusetts, but I think it was more national too. But there were a few of them, and then a Newberry record, uh, Newberry Comics was another one that was in New England area that was pretty big too. Nice. But you know, way back in the day, I used to go to Ann and Hope in Kmart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that... yeah. Funny enough, I remember Kmart uh, when I was a kid. At that period of time, they everybody was buying cassette tapes, and I, like I'm just a little kid, I have no clue what's what, but I just want a cassette tape to listen to. And I ended up picking up uh, Green Day's first album, Kerplunk. And the only reason I bought it is because it looked so generic, like compared to all the other art on all the other cassettes, it looked like somebody just like hand drew it or something. And I was like, ah, that looks interesting. Ended up being a great band. <laughs> and that be, yeah, that, that was, I bet that's probably worth money now. Like that's, yeah. I don't think a lot of people bought that first one before that was like but the one before you remember, the big hit album. Do you remember opening, like you open up and you get to see pictures of the musicians oh, yeah. and artwork. That was like a huge deal. And oh, you would you'd read, read every the lyrics. Line. Yeah. Yeah. I'd read every line. You'd even like look and see who like the producers were and like, like everything. Yeah. Like, and you'd be like, are there any secret messages on here? Cause Dude, did you know today's Courtney loves birthday? No, I didn't. I didn't either. Somebody told me earlier, but how, we, how weird, how weird, huh? I just, are we going to uh, wish Courtney love a happy birthday? Fuck her. <laughs> Let's talk she about should, her. She, hey man. I just dude. put her on the screen. I said, Courtney love crime and violence. Cause I think there's uh I think a lot of people know, you know, associate Courtney with just being a train wreck and, you know, drugs, but I don't think that they realize like I do. And I'm, I know you do the amount of you know criminal activity especially violence that she's been yeah um, how many people involved. she's hurt yeah do you want to talk about some of that some of the stuff you've discovered sure. over the years yeah sure man i i could i can honestly say that you know i've discovered so much criminal activity with courtney love that take the kurt cobain thing and set it aside and she should still be in prison <laughs> like yeah she, I mean, where do you want to start? You know, like it, it, there's all kinds of things this lady's done. She lost, she lost custody of her kid twice. And uh, one thing I always say to her hardcore fans when they, of course, they, they want to put me down and you're lying about Courtney and blah, blah, blah. And, and I want to just ask them if you're a mother, I'm assuming you're a mother, probably if you're in your thirties, forties, fifties, how could you admire a woman who put her own child through so much trauma that her kid wanted to be emancipated, you know, spent years not even speaking to her because of like she set the house on fire twice. She drug her out in the middle of the night 
to threaten a guy's life and throw bricks through his windows. Like, how could you as a mother admire a woman who put her child through that shit? That's what I wonder. And like, we know that she's, I, you know, attacked and beaten people, many people it's in the music scene. Um, I go back to, you know, I'm from Massachusetts, so I know about Mary Lou Lord specifically. She's actually been on this program, not to talk about Courtney, not to talk about any of that other crap, but you know, mostly we promoted her daughter, who's a great musician too. And I really like Mary Lou Lord, nice person. Um, but there's been many other women she's, she's assaulted, uh, many other people, um, and that you've never even heard about. Yeah. yeah. But there's been a, like a high profile one that I'm shocked. Like it didn't make bigger no news, which was the uh, son-in-law Isaiah, who was a musician. It yeah. was about Kurt Cobain's guitar. Like, can you yeah. tell us about, I, I, what happened I wrote here? a whole series on yeah. that. Um, wow. Isaiah Silva. Interesting enough. Do you know, after he realized I have this thing that Courtney covets. It's worth a lot of money and she's probably willing to kill me for it. After he realized how serious the situation was, do you know that who the first person he called was? Tom you? Grant, you? Tom Ooh. Grant. Oh, Tom he Grant. He called Tom yeah. Grant. He we tried to hire Tom Grant. Like it, it, he, at that point he was like, okay, who's the one guy in law enforcement who understands how dangerous she is? and doesn't think it's just a big joke. And uh, uh, so unfortunately at that period of time, um, you know, he was no longer working as a PI, but he did meet, he met the family and he gave them advice and stuff like that. So I would say for anyone who thinks that was just a big joke, why would Isaiah Silva go to that link to track that guy down and, and, you know, have him come to his house and speak to him and his mom, like, Clearly, all that stuff really happened. Glad to know that. Tom Grant, for people who don't know, a private investigator that Courtney Love hired at one point uh, to investigate when Kurt Cobain was missing before he was found dead. And uh, Tom Grant basically came out. I think a lot of people are aware of this. For, for anyone that's not, Tom Grant came out with uh, several documentaries, uh, websites, and he believes that Courtney did it and that Kurt Courtney killed Kurt Cobain. Uh, and I, I think some of the greatest evidence that we've seen on this is like from the Rosemary Carroll stuff, who was Courtney Love's attorney. Uh, yeah. Tom Grant recorded her. So we have recorded conversation from Courtney's lawyer who basically said that uh, Courtney, you know, knew that Kurt Cobain was going to divorce her. Kurt, Kurt had wanted to rewrite his will. Kurt was leaving her and that she probably thought that uh, Courtney did kill. Uh, and so that's what set Tom off to really investigate this and record everything. And I'm yeah. shocked that, uh, to hear that Isaiah, uh, the son-in-law of Courtney love who Courtney really did try to kill. There's no question in my mind, reading the court documents. I read everything about that. It was shocking. Oh, okay. So you, it was so you, you know, the whole case, Oh, I know. Yeah. Sam Lufty was involved. And I got to say something too, like way back, I wrote a blog and it was about Courtney love. And it was about the free Britney shit way back, like 10 years right. ago. And Courtney contacted me. Next thing I know, I got comments on really? my blog <laughs> telling me to call her. And I, and of course I called her. Right. Um, and what happened from there is that, you know, Courtney didn't answer a guy answered. And I asked the guy's name just because I asked the guy's name. 
she freaked out and like attacked me on social media. And like, I was out of the, it was like, she was like, you know, she knew I was too Tom Grant. You know what I mean? I was already asking questions and I was out. So like, I saw that right. Like it, it was so weird for me to get that kind of feedback instantly from Courtney love. Cause I was just really reposting what she had posted. I thought what she had posted was crazy, but it was worth looking into. But when I followed up with Courtney, even, you know, online before we had, you know, before I made the phone call, she really wasn't providing the information, you know? And yeah. so I found a really like, you know, evasive, just like Tom Grant, just like, you know, everybody yeah. else. Um, but my question for you is you've been covering her for so long. Has she reached out to you? Have you heard from her? Cause I, I think she watches everything and I have a feeling she's watching your shit specifically. Have you heard from her at all? Um, I tried to contact her. Of course she has like Twitter. I think she switches back and forth between Twitter and Instagram. Um, and she just like blocks me and removes me. Like she'll just delete my stuff and have me blocked. Um, I even tried to talk to Jessica Hopper. She reported my comment as harassment, even though it was not harassing at all, you know? So, uh, no, no, she, I've never talked to her. I've talked to her dad, but, and, and he, funny enough, he said in a private conversation, he said, you know, that Courtney watches your channel. Right. And I was like, how do how would you know that? Like, you guys don't even talk. Trust me, she's watching your channel. <laughs> like, oh, I guarantee you, dude. Because she, 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 she got back she, to me on my blog. Herself. Had n- not any pull like you do. Like seriously, she is watching you, no doubt about it. Kind of scary, um, but what I'm saying is, it's not because I don't think it's because uh, you know my videos are so popular. I think she's so obsessed with herself that she Googles herself and, and she just looks at everything, any, anything that says Courtney love. Uh, Kurt used to say she would have stacks of magazines and she would just go through the magazines looking for herself. You know, I totally believe that. That's exactly what I believe. I, 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 I know it personally. Cause I I got Hag's book right here, you know, and, oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, nice. this book is interesting, but it's again like what can you trust from Hank Harrison? I think we've talked about that too. Exactly. It's, it's exactly. tough to know what's truth and what's fiction with him. And he's very long-winded like he he kind of the book kind of holds your attention, but sometimes it never actually gets around to the point, so you're just like on this long rabbit hole chase, rabbit chase or whatever. But it um, feels like he 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 almost writes in code too, like from talking to him yeah it was almost like he wanted you to figure it out he was like when i talked to him he was taunting me like it was like it was like yeah yeah he taunted me too <laughs> interesting yeah he's like that yeah yeah, yeah. he he would like tell me I, I, we're gonna do an interview and then when it come time to do the interview he'd be like oh i can't i can't do the interview today i gotta feed my chickens that you know like just, just, we, just weird shit and he died yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah unfortunately i talked to him for away. like almost two hours on the phone one day and I was like, yeah. I should have recorded it all. Cause like he said it all then it's like, what? I don't know. It's funny. Yeah. It's very the strange. only time I ever got to record him was when I was talking to him on the phone and he promised me an interview and it never happened. So I don't know. It's uh, he, he does. He did seem to have some knowledge about Courtney in her younger years, which is pretty interesting. Uh, you know, claiming she was always a narcissist. She was kind of a bully. You know, her she would boss her friends around. She always had to be the center of attention. 
you know so i believe those things he talks about like when they were living in ireland she committed a uh, fraud there <laughs> to get a hold of her trust fund she 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 uh fake you know faked this letterhead and sent this uh, i got accepted to trinity college and sent it to her uh trust the trust fund company or whatever so they would start giving her money for college and she wasn't even going to college yeah that was that was an early scam for her was she like 16 17 right she was a con artist dude yeah. she's always a con artist so it, um she conned her way all the way to a platinum record speaking about courtney i think something that people that has been getting a lot more press and attention in general but not because of courtney so much but just you know the high-end uh prostitution escorts that happened uh at do in dubai and uh with you know the sheiks and the and the uh high-end uh rich yakuza or whatever they call them and and japan yakuza yakuza yeah yeah because apparently uh courtney love from you know what she told her father is that she participated in that you know was actually someone who uh sold herself to some high-end you know escort agency or gang I, I don't think she was i don't think she was selling herself i think she was convincing uh young british girls and american girls to go there under the pretense that they would be stripping and then when they got there their passports were taken and you know the rest um she actually slipped up in an interview that she did maybe a year or two ago she was talking about she said the first time i ever tried um heroin yeah, your stuff's going to be totally demonetized with all the things we're going to talk about. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, well, the first time I did heroin was with this shipping tycoon in Japan, right? And I'm like, what is like an 18 year old girl doing with a Japanese shipping tycoon? What could he possibly want from an 18 year old girl? You know? And then she, you know how she is. She skips from thing to thing. Sometimes she doesn't finish her point. And she also talked about how she was worried that they were going to take her passport from her, but she managed to leave. Now, through talking to Hank, through listening to an early biographer of Courtney Love and Courtney Love's little slip-ups and in interviews, it seems as though to me she was making money by taking these girls there and then dumping them coming back like even her uh boyfriend what was his name raz he was a good musician in his own right he played in this band in portland oh, yeah. anyway uh raz razabek yep. you know he would he was like yeah you know courtney would take off for two weeks she'd come back with thousands of dollars <laughs> but the girls that left with her didn't come back like come on man what do you you put two and two together you know it, it's not she that was a difficult. recruiter she was a recruiter. I, that's like what pimp. I believe. Yeah. I believe she was. I believe uh, it too. Um, and Hank, a madam, Hank, what do they call him? Mademoiselle? Yeah. I don't know. Hank did too. Hank did too. Yeah. And, and you it's, know, it's quite common too. Like, even if you do, like, uh, if you make the mistake of going over there, you know, one of the things, if you, if, if, you know, they'll hold your passport, like you said, in Dubai, so you can't leave. But sometimes yeah. they'll say, you know what, we'll give you your passport if you promise to bring someone back absolutely i could see i could easily she's a sociopath i could easily see her people to her are just objects they're not humans they're just if i can use them to get to where i want to go 
th- that's what I'll do. Uh, you know, back then in like the 80s and even early 90s, stripping in the Northwest was not taboo. It was actually considered very artsy fartsy. And they like the girl, even Kathleen Hanna was a stripper from Bikini Kill. You know, at the same time, she was preaching her, her fe- feminist rhetoric, which I agree with the old feminist rhetoric. The new feminist rhetoric is, is insane. But, um, you know, she, she makes fun of herself. Like at the same time I was preaching feminism, I was stripping. Um, so it, w- it wasn't really nothing if you, okay, so what? You're a stripper. Who cares? But yeah, when you start selling people who, who are unaware that their passports are going to be taken from them, that's disgusting behavior. And only a true sociopath could do something like that to another human being. Absolutely. And this is what, what, what many of us suspect that Courtney Love has done through, you know, like you said, through her own words, through what her father said. It, and just what her friends and family have said, it's just, this is pretty obvious at this point for people who uh, aren't aware. And this is what I like about you, what you do, Charlie. It's like, you know, what we do with the whole, you know, big cannabis is, is acting bad to their employees. What we do is we just gather the evidence and keep reporting it and keep dripping it and keep, re, you know, tell the stories yeah. until something changes. And uh, you've been telling these stories and collecting the evidence like nobody else on this, which is why I love your channel so much. It's the info and the evidence and and how you present it. And you don't get hyperbolic. You don't get caught up in like, you know, this way. You just follow the facts, um, which I really appreciate. Like you've been um, recently, you like in the last month, six months, maybe. You had a I've petition been chill, going. chilling out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you, you were chilling out, but you also had a petition going, right? You know, I, I thought that petition would do 10 times better than what it did. Uh, it's still going. It's still an ongoing thing. We've we've got over 7,000 uh, signatures. But uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of paranoid people out there, and they think if they sign this petition, Courtney Love's going to come get them or something. Um, that That's kind of the feedback I was getting from certain people. But I thought there would be like 50,000 signatures within a month. You know, and it wasn't like that at all. So I don't know. People like to hear the story. They might even agree with the story. But when it comes to being, you know, proactive about it, they're just like, eh, not my fight. I got to say 7,000. I I know it's maybe not your goal, but I'd be happy with that. As As a lifelong activist, I know, you know, it's hard. Like you said, it's hard to get people to take action. 7,000 is still a good number. Um, let's tell people yeah, it about is what a it lot was. of people. Yeah. And, and I, I, dude, I appreciate every single one of those people, especially the ones that still share it and try to get other people to sign it. But if you want to get the, I, my hope was to get like national attention, like some news channel, you know, put pressure on the SPD the same way soaked in bleach did, you know, that's the only reason they reopened the Kurt Cobain case reopened it. Right. Um, is because of soaked in bleach. They did it right before the movie came out. There were movie theaters that Courtney Love was, you know, threatening to sue, who backed down and wouldn't show it or whatever. But um, yeah, that that's I'm not really doing anything that other people haven't tried. I'm just following in the footsteps of Tom Grant and you know Max Wallace and all those guys. But um, I think if we could get fifty thousand signatures. I, then I think it could have some national attention. Then I think SPD, maybe somebody newer who isn't friends with these old deputy detectives. That was a big part of the problem 
when they reopened it, uh, Chazinsky, Detective Chazinsky, relied solely on the original detectives. Well, he's not he's not going to say, oh, my colleagues, my co-workers were wrong. Of course not. They're friends. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. So so uh, they did reopen it when that documentary came out. Um, you were asking they like them, took some pictures and shit. That was about yeah, it. But nothing happened, right? Is that still open? And and you were going to ask them to change the autopsy. Is that correct? Yeah. Um. I did. You know, I didn't know this at the time that I I wrote that petition. I, I did. I didn't know that uh, Ian Halperin and Max Wallace had already called for a petition way back when they wrote um, their books. I don't think they actually went as far as starting a petition, but they said that I think they were asking, you know, there should be a petition. So anyway, um, I just thought, Hey, if we can get the coroner's office to look at the facts, which Dr. Cyril Wecht has talked about to numerous people, then the coroner, maybe if he's a newer guy, not in a friendship with these original investigators, he might say, yeah, there's no way this guy could have killed himself. We need to change this to undetermined. We have a call. We got the number out. Uh, if anyone wants to call in, they can do is so it, tonight. Is too. it Courtney? Hello? Who's Courtney? on the phone here? Yeah, I'm on the phone. Yeah, you're on the phone with the young jerks. Do you know, Are you calling in with a question? Yes, I do. This is Rich Fu, my can. Great. Rich Fu, you got a question for our guest tonight? Yes, first off, Mike Can, you've done a fantastic job. I'm very happy to see where you are. Yes. So what do you feel about the death of uh, Chris Cornell? Because I didn't notice that wasn't mentioned. Are you asking me? Yes. Uh, I actually wrote a video on it. Um, I think it's very strange that from the time his bodyguard found him to the time an ambulance was called, nearly an hour went by. There are several little details about that evening that don't add up. And I kind of went over them in chronological order uh, within a video. You may have missed it if you haven't watched it. Um, I don't have like the notes on me right now or anything, but I'm back and forth on that, you know. I, I could almost see it being like an assisted type of thing, honestly. Interesting. Now we're talking about uh, the Kurt Cobain death investigation too. If anyone else has comments or, or questions too, especially for American Spy Fox tonight, 978-560-3155, especially if you have something that he hasn't covered yet that you maybe want to see coverage on or you just want to follow up on something that he's already done. Uh, like, like I'm going to be doing tonight. We're talking about the Kurt Cobain death investigation right now, uh, reopening uh, the case, look, you know, changing the autopsy from uh, suicide to what, what was it? No determination. Yeah. Undetermined. Undetermined. Um, this, this happened with another celebrity. Um, my God, you know, Christopher Walken, uh, Rob Wagner, can't think of her name right now. Kathy Wood. She, Kathy Wood. Yes, they. Yeah. Th her her sister was very determined and persistent, and it took her, you know, what thirty years or more. But they got her 
death certificate changed to, you know, undetermined with unknown factors, that kind of thing. So it is possible. It's not like it hasn't happened. It seems like it should happen on this one. I mean, it just, it's from so all the obvious. facts that it's come out. It's so obvious. Yeah. Like other, you know, when people bring up Chris Cornell and other ones, I'm just like, you don't have Rosemary Carroll. You know, that's to yeah, me like, Chris, I'm a Chris is like, guy. Kurt Cobain, yeah, there's yeah. so much stuff. There's just so much. And Courtney Love too. Like, I mean, that's the other thing. She, you know, a lot of stuff that we cover, it's like the idiot criminals like tell on themselves on social media. And that's what like Courtney Love is just goes around and it seems like she Have does. Have you looked at uh, Callie, Callie DeWitt's supposed art? It's just like photographs with words and he calls it art. You know, there are all check out Callie DeWitt's last art exhibit. Like it's got like pictures of guns and like it says like a quick death and you know, just like it's almost like he's taunting the public. Like, yeah, I was involved in this. You know, um, I did see but, that. I did look that up after I talked to uh, Hank Harrison. Hank told me, "Oh, all, okay." He said, "Hey, look up Jessica and look up Callie," and I did. And and Jessica too. Like they both. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't have proof, and I don't want to go too far on them to on those two. But uh, from what I see, geez, man, it just it's funny how. They reappear now, but they're not answering any goddamn questions. No, you know what I mean? Like, no they're not talking questions. to you. Uh, just, just, like I said, Jessica Hopper reported me for harassment just for simply trying to speak to her. Um, but, well, obviously she knew where it was going. If if she's if she knows who the channel or whatever. Um, Chris Cornell, okay, I'm going to back up on the Chris Cornell thing. I understand that that's a tough one. And there's not a whole lot of like evidence. Like it, it's not like the Kurt Cobain case where it's just like, should be open and closed, you know, like obvious, uh, even speaking to Dr. Cyril Wecht world renowned pathologist. And this guy's telling me, listen, I've done 41,000 autopsies. Th this guy didn't kill himself. Like, he, and he's telling me this when we're not even recording, just in a private conversation. You're talking about Chris Cornell. I'm talking about Kurt Cobain. Oh, Kurt Cobain. So, okay. Um, I, I understand that with Chris Cornell, there's a lot more reason to believe that it was, in fact, um, you know, the S word. Um, I don't want to say the word because then YouTube will age restrict your video. Trust me, it's happened to me. Um, but if if you follow the timeline of that night, it's real sketchy. His bodyguard was behaving sketchy. His wife was acting sketchy. So you, it makes you wonder, like, was this maybe assisted? Maybe they knew it was happening and they just accepted it. it there's a lot of questions with Chris Cornell, too. Very sad. Yeah. It's I, encourage, I encourage people to watch the video on Chris Cornell because, like I said, I don't have my notes in front of me. I can't lay it all out for you. I don't know it like I know the Kurt Cobain case. But it's all there in the video, and and you'll leave that video wondering. And, uh, you know, I, I, like like you said earlier, I always try to use like police records and court documents. I don't like make shit up. You know, I've seen a lot of people make shit up about the Kurt Cobain case, and it, and it really pisses me off. I know it pisses Tom Grant off too, because it muddies the case. It, it makes it look stupid. It makes it look exactly. goofy. We're talking about the Kurt Cobain death investigation, which is kind of still ongoing, even though uh, the Seattle police don't seem to uh, 
have much interest, but you know, you've been doing it. We've got another call here. You know what? I think that's the same call again. This Rich Foo again. Let's see what Rich Foo wants. I think it is. <laughs> hey, what's up? Hello? No, it's. Uh, I want to talk about Courtney real quick as to why things are going the way they did. Hey, so I wanted to go back to the Courtney Cobain case. Um, so if you go back to the 90s, we had bands like Rage Against the Machine, you know, like that, you know, fuck you, I'm not going to do what you tell me, so on and so on. And, you know, we had that mentality of let's stand up and fight for what we got. And that included, you know, the medical cannabis and to legalize uh, recreational, so on and so on. So now, which, you know, Mike Crawford obviously has done a great fucking job with. Um, but now we've come to a point in society where everybody has now backed off of that and is just like, obey, obey, obey. So when you're looking at these cases, we now have a generation that's more important looking at their iPhones, playing little fucking stupid games rather than dealing with, you know, things like this. So it's like we, we need to get back to that. 90s when we had that rage against things that were happening as such so how mm -hmm. can we get back to that without looking like terrorists because now our government is limiting the way we can protest and or the way or the words right? you can use right um i think i think right. it's uh people are you um the younger generation uses social media as a way to bully people and public sh publicly shame people. So if you say something I don't like, I can get all my followers together and we can publicly shame you for having a different opinion. That's the problem. People are afraid right. of, of being humiliated by some uh, fucking idiot who for some reason has a million followers. I don't know what Right, the so when it's turned... Yeah, so in turn, what happens is we're paying more attention to like he, she pronouns rather than people actually dying. Right. It seems like we're um, focusing on superficial things instead of the big picture. Yeah, I totally get you. Right. And how many followers somebody has. I mean, that that's the big thing people really focus on now. It really like, is. Exactly. It's like, you don't matter unless you have a million followers or whatever the arbitrary amount they have in their mind. Actually, I actually mentioned to a friend that I was going to uh, come on your channel and they were like, oh, how, how many followers do they have? And I was like, I don't know. And I don't fucking care. <laughs> like, I love that. Just, just, well, uh, I, you know, because I do that all the time for, for much lesser shows. Like, I don't care. By the way, I'm really that. impressed that you got to talk with Mary Lou. Lord, I know, I know she's talked to Grant, but shit, um, you know, I ha I haven't had any luck. But I know yeah. she also doesn't like talking publicly she does about not. Courtney. Yeah. I tried to get her to talk with us. Like, I'm fr I was friend. It was weird because, you know, I knew of her, obviously, through the music scene and stuff. Yeah, but the way that I got in touch with her is she was listening to our show about some of our content and she liked it and she started nice. commenting on it and shit. So it was like we hit it oh, off yeah. and our daughter, you know, we brought our daughter on the show to play some songs and stuff when we had the live studio. So kind of just clicked, but uh, she does not like with us anyway. She did not want to talk about any of that shit, which you know. 
think she's just afraid of being sued. Yeah, and I think that she was traumatized. Like I really think. Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. What? Uh, you know, I think she's scared of her. I really think that it fucked up her life. Like, and she doesn't want to have to go back there. Courtney's done some very violent things to people that we don't even know about. You know, yeah. behind the scenes, like people have talked about touring with her was hell. Like I hated being around her. So you take somebody real sensitive like Mary Lou, who's like doesn't have a mean bone in her body. Exactly against a fucking sociopathic narcissist yeah they're gonna back down exactly and you know the other thing too i know that uh mary lou like i think the, even the bigger issue on all that that i should have mentioned right off the front is uh francis like i think mary lou cares more about francis than courtney does yeah you know and i think that she yeah. doesn't want any you know so yeah well, that's a it seemed like there for a few years, it seemed like Francis was going to expose Courtney's behavior on her own. And then I, I think what happened was Francis, as a lot of people do, started experimenting with drugs, found out that Sam Luffy was a good connection. You know, he would send guys down the to Mexico. The cookie, you know, they, he would fill the cookie jar. Right. He would fill the cookie jar, man. He would send send their lackeys down to mexico to get her what she needs i and that became her loyalty you know um i i've seen how powerful drugs can be you know i've seen people turn on their own families you know so another way courtney's controlled certain people in her inner circle is through the use of drugs doesn't that seem like that that it seems like it's uh one thing that you can look at courtney is that she's used drugs to control people her whole goddamn life? And, and you know I that's how Billy the, Corgan is he ever on drugs? Like, because I always wonder what he she has on him. I think that he's just crazy enough that he loved her for some reason. But like, he's the only one that it seems like the rest of them, everyone else around her, seemed like they were on drugs. What about Billy Corgan too? Okay, but uh, I got something to say about Billy. But just real quick, you know that's how they control these girls within these sex slave Dupe, trades. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same, or, yeah. Um, so that these girls will get to the point where they're so addicted that they don't even fucking care that they've been kidnapped as long as you keep giving them the drug. Um, and that shit is that powerful, man. Uh, Billy Corgan, I've been, you know, last couple, it's hard for me to talk about Billy because I love his music, but I don't like him as a person. So it's like, you know, it's difficult. Uh, well, obviously I don't know him personally, but what I do see of him, I don't like especially with Courtney. Um, so I've done some research on him. Number one, he's from a tough city. He's from Chicago, tough fucking city. His dad was involved with all kinds of criminals and criminal activity. Mm. Um, and people look at Billy Corrigan. He writes, you know, these rock love songs and he, and he seems sensitive and he's kind of effeminate and, you know, but Underneath all that is a hardcore motherfucker. Billy Corrigan is not someone to be trifled with. Do not let him fool you. That dude is tough as nails. And honestly, I could see him loving Courtney for her being tough as nails. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Like he, He's told stories about his dad burning places down for the mob. Like, um, here's the interesting thing, and this is total speculation. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. It's just total speculation. His, he talks about how terribly 
his dad treated him, his dad stole from him, you know, all these terrible things. Yet he always had a relationship with his dad all the way up until the day this guy passed away. Him and Billy were close, even though his dad was a total shitbag. And it makes me wonder, did did Courtney ever hire his dad to do anything crazy? You know what I mean? It's just a thought. It's just a thought. The that way he describes his dad, he seems like the kind of guy who would take money to rough somebody up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So there's that. There's so much we could get into. Uh, you know, another one, you've done a series on the uh, death of Kristen Pfaff. They say that name right? Uh, yeah, so so sad. Beautiful and wicked talented and seemed like a really nice person on like you know on an incline like she was moving up in the world yeah dude she she could have shit she could have played bass in nirvana man she was an awesome bassist i mean there's certain people like me who learn guitar but i really only learned the basics Kristen was a musician like she could read music she, you know she knew scales they, that that girl was gone somewhere and and uh, i think it was robbed from her I really do. I think that um, a, a, a nice going away present, you know, a nice hot shot disguised as a going away present enticed her into, um, unfortunately, you know, relapsing and, and killing herself. Horrible. I, I mean, was... it's, no, it's no secret. A lot of people believe that Courtney. I mean, it's very obvious that Eric brought the drugs. That That's not even... He was the last guy in there. He was there the very next morning. Like he obviously brought her the drugs. The question is, where did the drugs come from? The guy who was trying to figure out where these drugs came from ended up dead. <laughs> Detective Antonio Terry. He ended up shot on the side of a road. He was trying to figure out where Cobain's dope came from and where Fast Dope came from, you know, and uh, he ended up shot. So, what, just a few weeks after Faf? died a lot of dead bodies i mean you got the uh el duce guy too who's also dead um it's just so it's like everyone talks about like the uh you know the conspiracy theory of the clinton body count it's like we should be doing the courtney love body count it's just it there's a lot of dead bodies around her yeah i and i and i don't know like you said in the beginning when we first began you you've spoken to Hank Harrison and you said, I don't know what to believe and what not to believe. Yeah. I'm sorry. Are you getting a call? No, it's the same call. I'm, I'm going to, we're oh, going to skip okay. this one. We, okay. we don't, we took him twice. We don't take a third time. He, he's gotten chance twice now. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I wish I would have, um, I'm regretting this now. I should have said something to my subscribers a couple days ago instead of waiting until today. We can do this again though. That, That's the beauty of this. Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, so you've talked to Hank Harrison. You're like, oh man, I don't know what to believe and what not to believe. I got the same impression from the guy, but he did. Did he ever tell you that there were friends of Courtney's that came up ODing like in Ireland? And like, he told me that people near her have died throughout the progression of her life. People. He didn't say that so much, but he did make like, you know, the reference that, Oh, you know, almost that like she was doing this stuff like everywhere around her was a drug party and she was the drug supplier, even as a teenager. Like that's basically and, and it almost made me seem like uh, 
like she was almost like a chaos agent. No, I always wondered, like, is she, you know, setting people up to like work for a spy agency or something? Like, what's going on here? Like, that's the kind of feeling I got after talking to Hank. And I also wondered about Hank. I think that's the road that he wanted to take you down. Yeah. But, you know, I I just don't know if Hank's telling the truth, though. I mean, Hank doesn't provide the documents, you know, like, Hank's book is like full of, you know, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to know. It's, it, it's it's a lot of it is um you know just hearsay. But what about Lane think, Stanley? Because because I, I think he might have told me. I don't know if it was listening to you or somebody else or maybe even Hank's book or Hank on the phone conversation. But I think Lane Staley actually was another one that was suggested mm-hmm. that Courtney might have hooked him on drugs. And then there's the other guy from the Lemonheads. Yeah. Like there's a lot of guys it seems like who ended up hooked on drugs. Yeah. After well, I think I think me. earlier in her life she was hooking girls on drugs so she could take them and dump them in Japan. I think she was getting the drugs from these shipping tycoons and these people involved in the sex slave trade. Um, but that's again that's speculation. Like there's a lot of loose ends. Um, I'm sorry, what, Lane Staley. Yes. Yeah, Lane. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. Uh, P.I. Grant is actually friends with Lane Staley's mom, Nancy. Okay, they're there, and and how they ended up friends. I, I'm pretty sure that this won't like make Tom mad if I talk about this. It's nothing secret, I don't think. Um, so Lane read Charles Cross's book, Heavier Than Heaven, and of course, this is before Lane died, not well after Kurt died. He went to his mom and he said. I saw Kurt two weeks before he died. We, you know, he gave me a ride to my dealers. They had the same dealer, Caitlin Moore. Um, He wasn't suicidal. He was telling me about a fishing trip he was going to go on the next month with his grandpa Leland. Um, You know, I don't, he was basically saying Courtney Love fed Charles Cross a bunch of bullshit that he wrote in his book that isn't true. Lane Staley is telling this to his mother, Nancy. Nancy ends up contacting Grant. That's how they became friends because Lane believed that Kurt did not commit suicide, which convinced her that Kurt did not commit. You know, she followed the, the, uh, the details and it led her to Tom Grant and they ended up becoming friends. So that's very interesting that, you know, somebody as reputable as Lane would say that to his own mother, you know, and of course, she's not lying. She wouldn't lie and say, my son told me this. No, definitely. You know, not. why would she? No reason. No reason. And, and you know, Nirvana and Alice in Chains became friends at that big tour they did. I think it was in Brazil, uh, Rio de Janeiro, where they were playing in front of like a quarter of a million people. There's even an interview with Nardwar and Kurt Cobain where Kurt says, oh, I don't remember what I did last night. I was shooting cocaine with Alice in Chains. They became buddies, you know, they became friends there toward the end. So he would, Lane would know what he was talking about. You know, what's interesting too, is uh, one of the other groups I really like is uh, uh, Pearl Jam. Like I've always been a a Pearl Jam guy from like day one. Um, I think I like Pearl Jam before Nirvana actually, but like, it's funny because by the second album of Nirvana though, like I was one of those people that bought that album the day it came out and and that was like that's when i was just like i am nirvana now <laughs> like i went from pearl pearl jam was like kindergarten and nirvana was like graduation you know what i mean it was just like 
But I hear that Boston accent coming out. Yeah. It, <laughs> but I got to see Pearl Jam a bunch of times. I've never gotten to see Nirvana, which is, you know, kills me. But um, oh, you, man, you've never I, covered Pearl Jam, like as far as I know. Do you ever see yourself covering Pearl Jam or are they just boring? Because they are kind of boring. Like, I, I don't know what the scandals would be or like even what you would cover with them. Is, is that why maybe you haven't covered them so much? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think I've just never covered them because no one's ever asked me to. Which is weird. You would think that they would. People would. But, you know, I usually get requests more for Soundgarden and Alice in Chains more than anything um i would like to add for the courtney love fans out there who call me a misogynist um i have written great videos about mia zapata francis farmer i took up for britney spears who i don't even listen to you know there's there's been many women that i've written great videos about including kristen Pfaff. like just because courtney's a horrible human being and does horrible things and i talk about it doesn't mean that I hate women. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> so Courtney's far. a fake feminist too. Like, I love that you brought that up totally too. Like, fake. She is not ahead, a real, man. she gets put up there like she's some feminist icon. And she's as far from a feminist icon as you can actually be. I think she's a misogynist. If I have to, like, she is a misogynist. I don't she think you are women, at all. Dude. I listen to your stuff. There's no way. Like, she is. Like, that's the, the, the real deal. Well, you know, th those words are very powerful, M misogynist, bigot, sexist, racist, you know, homophobic. All those words are very, very powerful, especially in today's society. So that's the first thing people will go for. Like, I can't think of any good reason to call you a bad guy. So I'm just going to call you this, you know, I mean, we all worry about it. I, you know, my coverage, a lot of my coverage in the cannabis space has like gone after this woman CEO. Kim Kim Rivers and I worry and, about it hey. all the time. People got to call me a misogynist. Like it, it's, oh, it is a tough space we're in when we're, you know, going after bad people who, have, especially like a powerful women. woman. If it's a yeah. powerful woman, yeah. And people want to say, well, you just don't like powerful women. Exactly. Like no, actually, I, I admire powerful women. Exactly. <laughs> like, so, I just I think I think Courtney Love cheated her way into the rock industry. And I think uh, her entire legacy, I think in the end, when all is said and done and we're all long gone, people are going to remember Courtney Love with a sour taste in their mouth. I don't think she's going to be what she thinks she's going to be. Yeah, I don't think she's going to escape the history. I think the more time yeah. goes on, the more obvious what happened. I, I feel like that, especially with folks like you putting out these videos because Oh, you know, dude, I love it. It's going to be there 30 years from now and people still going to be watching them. I've had several videos removed, actually five or six videos and YouTube never really gave me a reason why. And I, uh, there, I gotta be honest. There are times when I'm like, does Courtney know a CEO at YouTube? Like, <laughs> you know, cause there's just like absolutely no reason that the, they're like the heart, the, the ones that are criticizing her, the harshest are the ones that get removed. Do, but, do, um, put those up at other places at all have you tried I, I put them on patreon I, I i rarely i do have a patreon page and uh the patrons have really kept the channel going because it doesn't make a lot of money it's most of the videos are demonetized uh because of controversial issues so uh, i love my patrons man but i i don't talk about it a whole lot because then i feel like i'm just like begging people to give me money or something
What's the name of it? Is it just the uh, American Spy Fox? I think, yeah, I think it's just American Spy Fox uh, Patreon. Yeah. Um, It's like, like they're they're actually, well, I won't get into that. Never mind. I had a point I was going to make and I, and I dropped the ball. No worries. (laughs) You know, hey, man, I like your channel, dude. I, I really dig what you're doing. Well, thank you. I hope you come back. I, w- I want you to come back and like I love we talking. Come about back the with Tom piece. Grant, man. Yeah, maybe should, we should uh, get a hold that. of Grant and see if he would do like a like a three way conversation or something. I think that would be exciting. Or or even just you and him, you know. Yeah. No, I'd want you there. Now, Believe don't me. get Wallace because he'll tell you how great Courtney Love is. I don't know where the hell that came from. Well, I was going to bring up Dave Grohl, but before I do that, I would like to Go talk ahead. about Wallace. Let's talk about Wallace because you you did like an extensive interview series with Ian Wallace, right? He was the uh, the, the author. He was part of some of the documentaries. Um, and you yeah, know, for the most Wallace. part, I think he really, you know, I was listening to it and I'm like, wow, this guy respects American Spy Fox. But then you came back and you pointed out no, maybe not so much. Maybe he's kind of full of there shit. Was, like, there, there, he's playing there was like both sides in a way, right? Like, tell us he, what's going on there. I, I understand why he's playing both sides. I really do. Uh, okay, so um, what made him? The, he sold. He, that was a New York Times best-selling book, the uh, Love and Death, the Murder of Cobain, or whatever. That book. He, trust me, he's still got money from that book. Yeah, that's you the know, biggest the, thing he's ever done. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, don't get me wrong. Wallace is a great writer. I've actually read a couple of his other books, his history books. Um, But it's like one side of him knows, okay, these Cobain fans, they're the ones that really made me what I am. So I kind of have to still respect them. But he wants to be taken seriously as a scholar, as a historian. And he thinks as long as this conspiracy is hanging over his head, people within the scholarly circles will not respect him because no. they don't, you I know, not everybody. Oh, sorry. go ahead. Well, you're back. Sorry. Oh, um, so it's just like, you know, he wants to hang out in this elitist club, but he's afraid that they might look down on him for writing a book about a conspiracy. So he kind of wants to put it behind him. Um, And my thing is, dude, that book made you and you should respect the people who bought it from you. You know, um, you know, you and I both know that a lot of people, they just they won't even give the Cobain mystery the time of day. They won't even listen to the details or anything. They're just like, oh, that's crazy. That's a conspiracy. Right. So I think that's the kind of people he's hanging around now or the kind of people who would not give the Cobain conspiracy the time of day. And uh, he wants to separate himself from it. But why the fuck would you do that on my channel? Right. Well, why did he come on your channel? Like, because you're the guy that's going to, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just unbelievable, actually. Don't, don't take me wrong. I don't, I don't, I don't like, hate this guy. Like, I, no, I, I know. I don't hate him either. Writer. Yeah. Um, and, and, and he, there was a ton of shit he said that was, you know, very helpful. I just didn't understand the. Well, you know, people respect Courtney and she's so loved. And I'm like, no, what what articles are you reading? Like, even Rolling Stone has put Courtney Love down. Like, you know, I, I didn't get that at all. Maybe he's made friends with certain people who know Courtney. I don't know. You know, could be that, that could definitely, you know, you never know. 
but, it definitely um, tougher when you know people. I, I know that from my coverage myself. Uh, Dave Grohl. Wait, 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 wait. One, this is what I wanted to say. Um, so what people don't know is after we stopped recording and we're still talking, he started goading me about some shit. And it just felt like this schoolyard bully, like trying to like almost like pick on me. And that's really what pissed me off. But um, yeah, you, I mean, you saw you you watched the videos that was I completely off the mark? No, was I crazy? No, you know? no, you you <laughs> as usual, you listened very well. You you follow okay. the facts. I mean, I think you're 100 percent on it. Like, I think the guy there's for some reason. He's either embarrassed by it. He doesn't he think, you know, I don't know. It's I just, think he wanted to separate himself. I, yeah. I think he wanted me to. I felt like he wanted me to. He knew that I was a loud mouth guy and that I would point this shit out. I think he wanted me to do it because um, he's definitely not a stupid guy. Yeah. No, no, no. But, so, but I will say uh, just to put that to rest, I did not mean for it to happen that way. Like I, I didn't set him up. I didn't. You know, I did. I, I wanted that to go totally different. <laughs> like, no, you really could tell. Did. I mean, you 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 did the interview and you went straight at it and and a lot. It's like mostly you you agreed. Like even for a listener, yeah, yeah. We didn't even. Most of us didn't even notice that there was an issue with this guy until you kind of pointed out what the issues were and and you know. So you know, it's, I it's did edit out. I edited some stuff. I actually edited edited it in a way that made him look the best <laughs> like there were things i edited out that people didn't hear you know what i mean yeah i do so, um you know i'm sure someday he'll write an article and he'll put me down and make me look like a piece of shit you know to get back at me or whatever but i'm surprised he hasn't asked for the videos to be removed because you, you, you know you have to have someone's permission to have their likeness on your channel so if he wanted to he could just say hey I'm in this video and I don't want to be here and have it removed. So that tells me he doesn't give a shit. Interesting. Uh, we're going to talk about Dave Grohl too. Cause uh, I don't know how you feel about Dave Grohl, but I just, I used to like him in Nirvana and now I'm just like, I don't, it's not that I dislike him. I'm just, I don't like the music pretty much is what it is, I guess. But yeah, there's something yeah. about him though that I just, I kind of, I don't know. I give him the side eye, you know, like I just something about, but you, you've pointed out recently that uh, he really is the luckiest musician ever pretty much. Oh my God. Now I'm not trying to take away from his talent. He he is clearly a talented individual, but I'm saying all the chances he's had all the, like there are people who would kill for the opportunities he's had. And it just, he just seems like a really lucky guy. And, and uh, a big part of it, is all the money he makes from Nirvana, he can promote his band and like not even worry about selling records. You know what I mean? He's already yeah. got money. Um, and I, I don't, obviously I don't know your uh, economic status or whatever, but I'm pretty sure Dave is probably close to being a billionaire. And that's when you obtain that much money, you're in a whole other world. You're living in a whole other existence that none of us know about, <laughs> you know? Um, so I think he's concentrating on making his legacy be as good as it can be and as positive as it can be. 
I, I think he really wants to go down in music history like the Beatles, you know. Interesting. I mean, he hangs out with he hangs out with them. He hangs out yeah, with Paul McCartney. My God, they they and you know they Paul was there um, at the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. So, which honestly was one of the highlights of my life, man. Being in the same room as Paul McCartney, that was surreal. But tell me how you feel about Dave. You tell me how you feel about Dave. I don't know. I just, you know, one of the things, uh, you know, to go, uh, I don't know. It's not that I don't like him. I just, I don't like the music. I just feel like the music compared to Nirvana, it's just like. The newer, the newer stuff, you mean, or like. All of it, even Everlong, like their big song. I oh, really? That song. Wow. I changed the channel. It's like a Lennon Skinner really? song to me. It's like uh, off, off. Nevada song comes on the radio, not changing the channel ever. Right, like, right. There's such a difference to me. I don't know. I have a different relationship with it because, uh, like I said, I, I, I have two children. And you know how like when you, going into, uh, I guess you would say puberty, teenage years, music becomes almost like your identity right? right for some people it's like your music defines who you are my children found dave grohl on their own like i don't let my kids watch the nirvana series they weren't old enough to be listening to that shit although i did make a funny joke about courtney love with my boy when he was like seven <laughs> anyway um so they it's interesting to me that when i was that age i found dave grohl through kurt cobain and now they've found dave grohl the guitarist, you know, the singer. And so I ended up like taking my boy to see Foo Fighters recently. And I got to be honest with you, I hated the whole fucking experience. The music, I don't much care for the music, but I enjoyed watching my boy enjoy himself. Yeah. Cause he likes it, you know? It. And, and I do, and I will say the first Foo Fighters album, I thought that was great, man. And then it just kind of went downhill. Yeah. I mean, I, I heard those songs a few times at the beginning. I was like, yeah, this isn't bad. This is good. But I never really liked it. Do you, know do what you I mean? remember? Do you remember when the rumor mill was going around and people were like, wait, wait, Kurt Cobain's gone, but Dave and Chris are still doing stuff. Right. Like that, that's the rumors we got. Yep. And I, yep. and then I remember um, those rumors. Yeah. So, and because he did it all on his own, like I just assumed it was Chris Novoselic, you know, but anyway, um, there are i like the first album because there's like two or three songs that are about courtney you know and, which ones are knew, so stacked actors uh you know the song he's like line up all the bastards all i want is the truth they all die blonde um courtney even went on howard stern and was like dave needs to quit writing songs about me you know like she knew that this song was about her it's hilarious and then um, oh, one of my subscribers pointed out another song that was obviously about, okay, this is interesting. Cindy Marksberry, one of my patrons, uh, she pointed this out to me. There's a song called Alone and an Easy Target. Have you ever listened to this or do you know it? I don't think so. Okay, it's a Foo Fighters song. But originally it was supposed to be a nirvana song like dave wrote marigold right he wrote the riff to scentless apprentice um so kurt was all about dave writing more songs because it took pressure off him alone in an easy target cobain agreed to record that and he was going to sing it he died so dave ended up recording it on his own now there's a there's um 
a chorus in the song where he says metronome i want out i'm alone and an easy target right well if you know that kurt cobain nicknamed dave grohl metronome because he said dave grohl has metronome like timing and cobain even called referred to dave grohl as a metronome so it's like kurt cobain speaking to dave grohl metronome i want out i'm alone and an easy target you know that was pointed out to me by a patron and i found that really interesting because she is correct C cobain did call dave metronome kind of puts a new spin to it you see what interesting. i'm saying interesting you know, you know it um you know i always you know wonder you brought this up too on your channel i know quite a bit it seemed like dave grohl knew courtney before mm -hmm. kurt cobain absolutely yeah well um that is true she she gave dave grohl the uh the infamous heart-shaped box she gave it to dave to give to kurt it was because i believe they were at the oakwood apartments uh celebrities call it the cokewood apartments basically owned by uh talent agencies you know they have these apartments in la where if you're in LA to record a record or act in a movie or whatever, they'll just house you at this apartment building. And everybody called it the Cokewood Apartments because everybody did Coke there, right? Um, so Courtney was chasing Cobain. She found herself living only a couple blocks from the Oakwood Apartments and she didn't know Cobain, but she knew Grohl. So she was harassing Grohl. Hey, give him this. Tell him I said this. You know, I can get him drugs, you know, like she was definitely using Dave to get to Cobain and she succeeded. I think he resents her for it. Honestly, I think he resents her big time. I wonder what he really thinks. You know, it's he'll never well, tell us. Yeah, he'll never tell us. He's he his career is too intertwined with Courtney. It, um, so much money, you know, and, you know, there was the Nirvana LLC, which I believe now Francis has control over. Were you aware that Courtney tried to sue Francis over control I of the Nirvana that. LLC? I, I think I heard that. Uh, was that from you that you broke that? Well, I mean, I just I read an article about it. Um, basically, before Francis turned 18, she was trying to sue her for rights until Francis turned 40. Like she wanted to maintain control of Nirvana until Francis was 40 years old. Obviously she lost, but, um, for many years, Dave and Chris had, they had to deal with Courtney because right. Courtney is uh, legally was Kurt Cobain. So I, I think he, as, as little as he has said, he has said a lot too. Um, I posted in a video where he said, you know, I'm aware that people still have questions and I have questions too. You know, that says a thousand words. Like what, what could he possibly mean besides Kurt's death? Right. I don't know yeah. if you saw that or not, or if you know what I'm talking about. No, I, mean, I don't. You might be. Okay. Well, yeah, there was definitely an interview. Um, I think it was maybe with Howard Stern. I put it in a video. And and referring to Kurt Cobain, Dave literally said, I know people have questions and so do I. So to me, that's like 
that's saying a lot without saying a lot. I'm sorry, man. I'm just like rambling all over your. No, channel, you're good. Dude. You got new, a lot of info out tonight. I've I've really enjoyed talking to you. I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're not used to going an hour and twenty, or I don't even know how long we. Yeah, an hour and twenty. We, we can going. quit whenever you want. Whenever yeah. you want, man. Well, how are you feeling? I don't give a shit either way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy go lucky, man. I'm Me just too. Like, Me too. Now yeah. lately, I when I first started doing shows way back in the day, I used to be stressed out. And then I started hosting it myself with the production, and I was a little. Str- now I'm just like, do you have matter. help? Do you have yeah. help? Uh, you're, so you, you said your girlfriend also has a podcast. Yeah. So you guys yeah. help each other. We do. We we you know she really. Uh, it's funny because I was almost ready to give up the show, the last, like a year ago, and she got new equipment. Me too, man. And when she got the new equipment, I was like, oh my god, I can take phone call because COVID really screwed us up. You know, man, I and- wish I could do that. Yeah, you know, I'll, so, you'll ha- we'll have to talk like, yeah, we'll you know, talk. We're well, buddies now. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm psyched well, that we're friends because I, I really do. I would like love, people. I would love to get Courtney Love fans to call me yeah. and talk to me. Oh, well, maybe man. next time we promote it that way. We'll, we'll find their Facebook groups. Absolutely. And we'll Absolutely. troll the hell out of them and get them They'll all be like, you in. misogynist, sexist piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> You know what, too, is I guarantee you I still have Courtney Love's phone number in my my phone book. I've so never Jeffrey called Jeffrey Epstein had day. three of them. She, yeah. Did you have her, her number? Hey, we, no, no, I said Jeffrey Epstein had three of her numbers. Oh, three of them? I guarantee it's changed. I guarantee she doesn't have the same number, but I, I want to give it to you just in case, you know, you try to give her a call. <laughs> I have to mention, if, if we're going to wrap this up, I have to yeah. mention one more thing. Go ahead. With Epstein. Okay. Yes. Um, now everybody probably remembers when um, the the FBI released uh, Epstein's black book. For you young kids, a black book is uh, basically a book where you write people's addresses, names, and phone numbers, right? Because they, you know, old people still do that because that's what they're used to. We didn't have smartphones. Well, Jeffrey Epstein had three different phone numbers for Courtney Love, and oddly. Her name was circled. No other names were circled, but Courtney Love's name was circled. Well, when this came became public, Courtney goes public on Instagram and Twitter and whatever and says, I have no clue how this guy had my phone numbers. He must be some pervert who collects celebrities' numbers. I've never met this guy. I've never talked to this guy, yada, yada, yada. Well, just this past December, with the whole Ghislaine Maxwell trial, um, the prosecution had released through, you know, Information Act and all that. The prosecution released the flight logs. And guess whose name was on a flight log to Epstein Island? Courtney, Courtney Love. Love. How many times? Once? And uh, I don't know about that, but okay. I know it was at least there once. She wow. She's never addressed it, obviously. She's never said, oh, well, he wrote my name in his flight log. I don't, you know. But none of her fans have talked. Nobody's talked about it. No rock news stations have talked about it. I, I, I may be the only person who's mentioned it besides like other channels talking about the Epstein thing. Um, and I just find that strange that she could get caught in such a huge lie and no one talk about it. Why, no, no, ma- no why major. Think, ma- yeah. Why do you think that? Because I, I almost friends. wonder if she's involved in that shit, because I feel like the Epstein stuff. Oh yeah, a lot she, of people I, have put two and two together. That seems like a foreign intelligence, you know, 
yeah. traditionally oh, even yeah. what the CIA does. They they blackmail people. They videotape yeah. you with a young boy doing sex, and you're a leader of a foreign country, and you do everything that that person has on blackmail. Do you think that she was involved in that shit, or do you think she was there to have fun? I think that Courtney uh, knows young girls. She, I know, I know for a fact. I've even talked to one of them, uh, an 18 year old girl that she employed as a personal assistant. She has a habit of employing young boys and girls, and I think that um, there's a reason why Prince Andrew showed up on her doorstep saying, "I heard you you could show me a good time." I I don't think Prince Andrew went there asking Courtney Love for a good time. I think he was saying, my buddy Epstein told me that you know where to find young girls. That's what I think he was saying to Courtney. Because she did admit that. She admitted that she met Prince Andrew and he came to her house and all that shit. Uh, but she spun it like he wanted to have sex with her. Right. No, I think he showed up there saying, do you have any young girls around? You know, I, I do. I think Courtney ingratiated herself into that billionaire circle uh, by bringing young girls around now, whether they were underage or not, who knows, but I'm positive. She would have been introducing these men to 18, 19, 20 year old girls at, at the least. Another thing I want to touch on before we wrap this up too, is, you know, talking to Hank Harrison and even in his book a little bit, you know, he, he talks about David Geffen and David Geffen is a name that like, it's a tough one to approach. That guy is That's one of weird. the most awful people in music He's friends with Courtney, uh, and he's also known, you know, yachting is also related to, like, the Dubai trade and the, the prostitution yeah. that goes on in those big yachts. He apparently yeah. has a huge yacht, and there's a lot of rumors on the gossip sites that he does sexual blackmail, too. Um, do you think that, you know, there's something there, like, that she knew him beforehand? Like, that's what, that's what Hank was kind of hinting to me, that – she knew David Geffen way back, even before Kirk Cobain. So I wonder if you think that he's heavily you involved know, in the shit too, and maybe that's his, her cover. You know, it's, do you have a touch on that stuff? I, I've never felt as though there was any evidence to suggest that Geffen would want Cobain gone. But knowing how billionaires work, um, you know, like for example. You know, you remember when MTV used to do this show called MTV Cribs? Oh, yeah. And they would go to celebrities' houses, and then the celebrity would show them around. Well, they did one with David Geffen. And when they did it with David Geffen, he was on an island. It was his island sanctuary. And he had a he had his bathroom, like literally the shower, the toilet, everything was exposed. It was just outside. And he was like, well, we like to be free here. And we do our bathing out in the open. And I noticed like in the background, there's like young girls. Mariah Carey was there. You know, he just came across to me as kind of a creepy guy, you know, like a real sleazeball that would use his money to um, entice young women around. So do I think he's kind of a pervy? Probably. I think all them billionaires can buy whatever they want. But as far as like a link to Cobain's death, I've never read anything to suggest that personally. Right. But you see how you see how much money the Cobain state still makes to this day. Exactly. It's a billion dollar company within itself, man. Yeah, that like those the music has gotten like we talked about this earlier about the 80s and 90s revival. I think that mm -hmm. they're just as popular today. Like I really feel like that. I mean, 
I, I see it. I see it firsthand. I, you know, my, my kids friends come to the house and they're wearing like Nirvana shirts exactly. and, you know, I always quiz them like, what's your favorite Nirvana song? And if they can't tell me, I say, you're not allowed to wear that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, rape you me. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be fucked up. Wouldn't it? Like, yeah, <laughs> I never even thought about that. Honestly, maybe I shouldn't be asking them what their favorite song is, <laughs> but yeah. Um, man i yeah i definitely enjoyed talking to you and i would say that um next time we do this we should promote it a little more maybe we can get some of those courtney trolls to call us yeah i think that's us. that's the that's the goal next time i'd love to speak to some courtney lover fans courtney lover fans <laughs> as courtney long as they're from? willing to re like i'll listen to them if they'll listen to me you know but if they're just like yelling and cussing, there's no point to even respond. Yeah, if they're acting like Courtney Love herself, then <laughs> right, right. We gotta get Courtney right. to call in. That that's what we really. That would make the the uh, whole thing. Man, Courtney call. That, Maybe I should try that, that number shit? right now. So, uh, probably, I could I could some, try that some, number. Some eighteen year old boy yeah, would answer like, the phone. What? Why do people always call me and ask for Courtney? <laughs> yeah fuck so i don't know maybe someday i'll get the meter yeah so tell us how people can support you again uh your patreon and anything else you want to leave us with tonight charlie american spy uh first off the main way you can support me is simply by watching the the videos on my youtube channel american spy fox uh if you're only interested in the cobain case you want to go to the nirvana series playlist that's where they all are the missing episodes are on patreon just american spy fox on patreon and i have like one dollar tier like you could pay like one dollar and watch every video i make um other than that they, we have a facebook group the united states of kurt cobain where we discuss the cobain mystery and uh yeah that's that's really about it and what do you have? I'm, I'm not like, like one of these guys that like has like every social things. media. Yeah, yeah. Like it's too much, man. You it's make it much. simple, which is good. Yeah. Uh, my friend, uh, Scott on tape, man, he blew up and I see like, that's all he does now. Like every second of the day is devoted to social media. I, I don't want to be that guy. You used I mean, to, you, I, I, yeah. I think it's great, but like, I don't want to spend all day on the phone. You know what I mean? Right. No, I get it. It's, it's going to be very like, especially when we, I think you and I are very similar is that we're investigators. Like, you know, my girlfriend gets mad at me, not so much that I'm doing the live shows. It's that I'm always on this phone talking to another employee or another whistleblower or another, this, and those calls go yeah. on, you know, when you're I, talking I, to it, I always appreciate it when somebody calls me an investigator or a journalist. Like I don't look at myself that way. I'm just a content creator, but it, it does kind of make me feel good when people are like, Oh, he's a music journalist or, you know, you are you it's like, I cool, look man. at you, you know, it's cause the content you deliver, like it's totally is. And I know that the platform, maybe, you know, people would discredit it or whatever. Cause you're just a YouTuber, but you really, yeah. Bring yeah info like you bring like and you bring a perspective like you really i feel like i know Kurt, like a lot more about kurt cobain and his relationship with courtney and how he, like even when they were breaking up and with you know just so much of it 
just because you really get in there and you think about it, you know, it's just, it's really what you do is, uh, I, I feel like I benefited on it totally, you know, cause I'm inter interested in this stuff and there's not a lot of good places to go. Like most of these guys, it's conspiracy theorists or just, you know, crap, you know, it's, I, I have the feeling that a lot of people who tackle it, they just kind of gloss over the basics just for the views because they know Cobain will get them views. They don't really care, you know. They're just like, yeah, this happened. Kurt Cobain, a million views, you know. Yeah, seriously. The, the like, there's some channel. other series too that do like, you know, the 27 deaths and all this other crap. And it's like, dude, you're just reading Rolling Stone shit. You're not like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like exactly. It's it's like paint by numbers. Just create the content, get the views. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like you're doing that. You're a fan. You're interested in this. You can tell. It's totally different. It's a, it's a double-edged sword, though. Like Tom Grant says in, in the documentary Soaked in Bleach, which I want to mention Soaked in Bleach. If you have never watched Soaked in Bleach, you really should watch it. Um, there's actually a channel who licensed it on YouTube so you can watch it for free. Anyway, uh, in that movie, Grant says, every day the name Kurt Cobain goes through my head. Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain. Kurt. And it really does get like that. When, when you devote yourself to uh, reading everything you can find it's like every day cobain cobain and some days you're just like ah get that out of my head you know right you need a break you need yeah, a few days off or a week or I, I mean you're you you advertise yourself as the regular average guy i feel like i'm the, in the same you know boat as you on this stuff um I'm, you know i'm not working for the boston globe i didn't go to ivy league school you know, yeah. but yeah. how do you get away? How do you take that break? Cause like I run into the same thing, burnout. Like for me tonight, it was like, you know what? My next show, I'm going to do something fun. And and this is it. This is totally, you know, totally I did different. something different. You know, how do you like kind of get away from it when it's kind of, I don't know, yeah. there's such an up and down on it. You get highs and then you get lows and you get sick of it. Like, how do you like recharge? Well, yourself? a part, a part of, um, you know, writing the Alice in Chains unplugged review, the Nirvana unplugged review, which I was really disappointed that it didn't, more people didn't watch it. Cause I mean, I, it wasn't that great. You know, I think I could have done better, but um, I, I really thought because it was a Nirvana unplugged review, people would watch it. Anyway, that was kind of like my getaway from the Cobain cases, like just to talk about the bands and the music and how great they were. Plus, I'm adding this new weekly thing, you know, American grunge news, and I'm having a co-host join me. Now, unlike me, she is a professional. Uh, you know, she has a degree in English literature and and um, she's going to be helping me. Uh, she's going to write her own little segments for these new videos that will be coming out just talking about all kinds of bands. So that's kind of I'm still going to do the Cobain thing. But I, I, there's so many other great bands I want to talk about too. You know, I'll give you another one. Uh, Eve Six. You familiar remember, with them? I remember them. I think they may have even been from Ohio. Honestly, yeah, like, I think they are. Ohio. Actually. You you know why I bring them up is because they're they're super. Po he's super popular on Twitter. Oh he, really? If, if you're not following them, it's at Eve Six on Twitter. He's he's a leftist like me. Like I like him. He's funny. We don't always agree on everything. Obviously, like no one does. But I, he's yeah. a he's a funny bastard. The stuff he posts, it's always like you know the '90s rock lyrics. You'll like him. Check him out. Eve Six. Yeah, I'll definitely check him out. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, I've asked for Pearl Jam, and now I'm asking for Eve Six. Hey, I got man. my own request. 
one, one or the other one or the other will pop up yeah i'm sure there's other you know i'm sure we'll get a lot of requests later from people too in the comments they i what wh i want to put that out there for people who are commenting on youtube who watch this later even what do you want to see american spy fox cover next and and what are you know i know you said you're doing the grunge anything on the cobain investigation anything you're like working on you mentioned one earlier you you mentioned it uh, the next video is about rosemary carroll no yeah that so oh. that i think people's gonna like this the next one it's yeah we it's didn't even mention be... danny goldberg tonight too like I, well I, yeah, yeah. He, he, he's gonna be in it uh, too. He is. I, I gotta talk about goldberg uh, i can't wait yeah. to see that so him and grant have went round and round <laughs> yeah they're, they're um, other it's so funny they don't want to talk anymore either like it's so funny like callie uh the other one the other two women don't want to yeah yeah they just deny it whenever it comes up oh that grant guy he's crazy he don't know what he's talking about you know yeah well, I thank you so much for coming on tonight. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. 37 minutes. You're the man. Uh, thank you so much, Charlie. I want to do it again. And like you said, we'll 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 hit up all the Courtney Love groups next time. I will for do sure. it myself and we'll get we'll get the Courtney Love callers. I, I definitely want to see that happen. And hey, feel feel free to uh post the link to this video and the United States of Kurt Cobain Facebook group, and uh, I'll share it as well. And hopefully more people will watch it after after the fact i feel like that happens a lot and you know what it's uh we're getting some youtube comments too which i like we, you know we just i hope this worked tonight but like right before we went live i just added us to rumble now we're we're allowed now like streaming i believe on rumble so we're like on linkedin facebook twitter oh damn we're on twitch we're on everything so you know there's a lot well, of yeah i'm definitely gonna have to I'm definitely going to have to talk to you. So I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. I could show you all that. It's not too hard. I know. Okay. Well, Hey man, so anything for having you need, me. Charlie, we'll be in touch. I'm, all right. Awesome. And uh, talk to you next time, man. You too. Thank you so much, Charlie. We're the young jerks. I want to thank everyone. If it's your first time listening, please like subscribe, follow us. And again, thank you so much. Follow American spy Fox, check his YouTube channel out. A lot of great content there. Thank you, everyone, for listening tonight. Thank you, Charlie. Bye-bye. I know.